Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your cause upon It's Friday, Edwin. Final week of John, final day of the Gospel of John on our program, and yet it is February 2, Year of Our Lord 2024. <laughs> Got to make sure to say that. <laughs> well, you know, want to make sure, make sure. We, we kind of forgot to wish everyone a happy February yesterday. We Moving did. It's it. the second month of the year. How did that happen? I know. It's going by quick. Uh, we've been looking this week at this last chapter of John, kind of uniquely placed here. It sort of seemed like maybe the book could have ended at uh, the end of chapter 20. There's some uh, testimony to the testimony. Yeah. And yet we did have one more chapter, and it is this beautiful recreation of moments in Peter's life as Peter is restored to the Lord. Yes, and we can pull out the text talk bingo card because, as I pointed out at the beginning of the week, yes, I think we might see an inclusio here, though it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't make itself apparent because of the way our chapter breaks are. Yeah. That maybe what you have here is he's this whole epilogue is enclosed by these finalizing statements. Uh, where at so it's at the end of our chapter twenty where it says Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And then it's like, oh, mm-hmm. and here's one of these other things he did. Yeah. And then we get to this final statement, which I'm going to read in a minute. But it basically says, and actually, I could just keep going. I could keep giving you more and more and more things. And so um, we, I think we see an inclusio here. And I'm, I'm super excited because I think what's just happened mm-hmm. is here on Text Talk, we've had our own inclusio. I think we did. Because we started the week with that and yeah. we're ending the week with Monday that. Monday we talk about inclusio and Friday we talk about inclusio. That's an inclusio. Which is an inclusio. So let's go ahead and read these final verses. I'm in verse 24, English Standard Version. This is the disciple who is bearing witness about these things and who has written these things. And we know that his testimony is true. Now there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Wait a second, which disciple? This disciple. Oh, this disciple. This is the disciple. Uh, this one who is not, it's not been promised that he's going to live forever. This is the disciple. That's the disciple. This one, this one who is still here. Yeah. Other disciples have been executed, but this one is still here. And he's the one, the one whom Jesus loves, who is writing this book. And he's among those listed at the beginning of the chapter. Yes. Who happened to be in the boat. Yes. When Jesus appeared and we had this restoration moment of Peter. So these are these are some of the things that point to the longstanding tradition uh, that the Apostle John is our inspired writer for this gospel. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually have no reason to question that. I, I really do believe that we've got John. And uh, in a couple of weeks, I'll give other reasons for that. But that's not till we start Revelation. All we'll, right. We'll talk about that then. This is the disciple who's bearing witness. Now, here's here's the interesting thing to me. Mm-hmm. He does not say this is the disciple who gained this secret knowledge from the Lord. He does not say this is the disciple who was given inspiration and revealed unknown things before now so that I can now present them to you in this book. The way he talks about his message and his apostleship is maybe a little different than, say, Paul, who in Galatians 1 will 
go out of his way to explain that this was from revelation from the Lord and he had not got this from the apostles or anyone else. Well, yes, and of course, but even with Paul, his his revelation was about his own experience that he witnessed the revelation of Jesus. I think mm-hmm. that's but uh, what I what I'm really getting at here Andrew is that when John presents this book, he actually does not say us now say to us, now guys, this is the word of God, you have to believe it. Mm-hmm. What he says is, this is my testimony. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you what I saw, what I heard, what I experienced. And I think that is super important for us to grasp. Mm -hmm. What John presents to us is, guys, I'm telling you the things that I went through. I saw this guy. I I listened to this guy. I had experiences with this guy. And I'm telling you, this guy was more than this guy. He is the word of God. I believe this. And the reason I believe this is because of the things I saw and the things I experienced. And now I am turning around and telling you the things I saw. next. And I could tell you so many more things, but I've set up this book in a way that I hope will let you know, yeah, I'm right. This is the Messiah. Fall on your face before him. Worship him. Follow him. When you talk about that, I'm reminded that Early on in the book, uh, we get this language of testimony. Mm -hmm. In uh, John chapter 1, I'm thinking particularly in verse 14, the scripture says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 15, John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me, preferred before me, he was before me. My point being that a gospel has been crafted here to communicate the witness and the testimony of others, and then also this writer. I'm the one who beheld. We are the ones who beheld this glory. Now, I don't want, Andrew, I don't want you to misunderstand me, and I don't want anybody listening to misunderstand me. I do believe this gospel account is inspired by God. I believe God got in this book what he wants in this book. But, But first, as we come to this, John presents this as, I'm laying before you my testimony. Consider my testimony. Consider what I'm telling you happened. And it, and it drives us back to that point of, I, I think, honestly, that's where we need to start first with these gospel accounts. Mm. We need to start first with these are historical documents that men wrote down. And they said, this is what we experienced. You've got two that are straight up eyewitnesses accounts, right. John and Matthew. Mm-hmm. You've got one that historically what has been declared is that Mark is recording on behalf of Peter, right? the Peter's eyewitness account. And then you've got Luke who's recording what he says, I've gone around and I've talked to people. Yeah. I've researched among the Christians. I, I've talked to the people who experienced this and saw this. And now I'm compiling a history for you. You also have with Luke, kind of like how Mark is tied with Peter. Luke is tied with Paul. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's another firsthand experience with an apostle, one that recognizes an apostle. But all four of these witnesses to the gospel, to mm-hmm. the establishing of the kingdom, to the king coming into the world, performing these signs and miracles, giving the teaching. And now they've crafted these accounts to say, here's what we saw. Here's what we've researched. Here's here's what happened. Our question is, will we believe them? Yeah. Will we believe them that this is actually what they saw? Will we believe them that this is actually what they experienced? Because they are giving testimony. I know today 
one of the things that I get a little frustrated about is the number of people that say, well, we need some hostile witnesses. When we, when we look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, what we have is just friendly witnesses. Of course they're in support of Jesus. But actually, I, I think what I want to say is we actually have nothing but hostile witnesses. Yeah. Every one of these guys, and John drives it home in these last couple of chapters, none of these guys expected resurrection. Yes, they followed Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yes, they wanted Jesus to be the Messiah, but Jesus didn't do what they wanted. Jesus yeah. didn't do what they expected. They came to believe something that they did not think was the right way. I mean, Peter himself, when Jesus says, this is what I'm going to do, Peter says, no, you're not. No, you're not. This won't happen to you, Lord. This is not the way it works for the Messiah. Well, I think that's a great point that if this was something written by, a, you know, a conspiracy. Yeah. There's some of the things said in here that just wouldn't make it in. For instance, these apostles constantly bickering and fighting amongst themselves. Yeah. Who is the greatest? That's embarrassing. Uh, Peter getting rebuked. Get behind me, Satan. You know, that's embarrassing. Right. And then even just the, um, I mean, the cross itself, the scandal of the cross. Right. When you think about this first century audience and the people hearing this message for the first time. There is no sense of a a glory about the cross. That's something that Christianity changes about all these things because of what Jesus accomplished there. But if you're going to make up a conspiratorial religion, you don't choose that. No one would choose that to make the, the centerpiece of it. I think one of the things that we have to do is take a look at this historical evidence and ask, how how did this story that they were telling turn into the religion that we now see. How, how did this even gain traction? Uh, what we see again and again and again is this is not a message that was amenable to the crowds of that day. Mm-hmm. They, I, I don't know what people are telling you. I know people, did, oh yeah, those folks, they were all just superstitious. It just made sense for resurrection. Every step of the way when resurrection gets mentioned, that's when people are like, oh, okay, you guys are crazy. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. Well, we see it all through Acts. Paul, when he's writing to the Corinthians, he's like, look, guys, I, I'm struggling because what I'm saying, Gentiles don't like it. Jews don't like it. I mean, these are not things that just fit with the people. And yet something about it gained traction so that it ended up dominating the world, or at least the Western world. No, that's a great point. You have this confession that Jesus is the Christ, and throughout John, we have highlighted the I am statements. Well, the Jews weren't having that at all. This religion doesn't fit in Judaism. It is not a subset sect of Judaism. And then when the message goes to the Roman Empire, which are all pagans and idols, the message is not, let me tell you about one more God we need to add to the pantheon. It is this message that all of those gods are false gods and idols. There's one true God. It doesn't fit there. This is the religion that you just don't make up. It doesn't fit anywhere. And what we need to do is deal with this testimony because John says, I'm bearing witness. We know this testimony is true. And if you're going to say, no, it's not true. What about it is not true? Now, some people have just kind of an a priori idea. Well, it can't be true because miracles don't happen. Mm-hmm. You've made this up. Yeah. Hey, it's a nice little myth. We love this Jesus guy. He's great. Let's learn to be nice to our neighbor. But, John, what you're saying is not true. Uh, one of the things I do want to point out, let, let's keep in mind that not only do we have these testimonies, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then Paul's writings, not only do we have that, but then we also have their lives. We also have what they experienced. Our problem today is we have seen too many people in our modern day that come up as religious leaders 
And by the time it's all said and done, we know precisely why they did it. They became, quote, religious leaders because they wanted money, because they wanted women, because they wanted fame, popularity, following. These fellas didn't, John didn't get that. John believed this, and he believed this so much that he carried it with him into exile. The others believed this so much that they carried it to execution. They would not let it go, even though it led them to execution. That's that's how much they wanted you to believe we're telling you the truth. And that's an important aha moment for us to have because we live in this unique country and time where there's freedom of religion people can game religion to get money and fame and popularity out of it that was not at all the first century world you are inviting persecution and criminality to be suggesting that there is a new religion and so those motives that people ascribe to inventing religion that just doesn't even apply to these apostles and what was going on then. Well, today people can game the Christian religion. And, you know, sure, if you wanted to game the system back then, fine. Let's game the system with Dionysus. Let's game the system with Osiris. Right. Let's not game the system by coming up with some guy that's supposedly a Jewish man who's supposedly the Messiah, who's son of God. And come, you're not going to game the system that way. No, you're not. You're not. I, here's what I'd like to do. I would like to wrap up. We, we have uh, read this gospel. We've seen the testimony of John. John's laying it in our lap and saying, look, you decide. If this is true, you need to follow this fellow just like I am. Let me tell you how much I believe this. I believe this so much. I'm ready to die for it. I'll go into exile for it. That's what John says to us. We have to decide whether or not we believe it. I want to share with you, this This is a statement I read, I don't know, a couple of decades ago. It's, I, I hate to say that I can say that now. I read it a couple of decades ago. <laughs> but a, a historian named Will Durant in his book, Caesar and Christ, which comes from a, a series called The Story of Civilization. Now, Will Durant is not a Christian. He's not a believer. When he reads the stories of the gospel, he sees a lot of things wrong with it. And I'm going to go over just a little bit, but th- this is a statement that has so impacted me that I, I just want everyone to hear this statement, okay? And then we'll wrap up. All right. Here's what he says. In summary, it is clear that there are many contradictions between one gospel and another, many dubious statements of history, many suspicious resemblances to the legends told of pagan and gods, many incidents apparently designed to prove the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies, many passages possibly aiming to establish a historical basis for some later doctrine or ritual of the church. The evangelist shared with Cicero, Celeste, and Tacitus the conception of history as a vehicle for moral ideas, and presumably the conversations and speeches reported in the Gospels were subject to the frailties of illiterate memories and the errors or emendations of copyists. All this granted, much remains. The contradictions are of minutia, not substance. In essentials, the synoptic Gospels agree remarkably well and form a consistent portrait of Christ. In the enthusiasm of its discoveries, the higher criticism has applied to the New Testament tests of authenticity so severe that by them a hundred ancient worthies, for example, Hammurabi, David, Socrates, would fade into legend. Despite prejudices and theological preconceptions of the evangelists, they record many incidents that mere inventors would have concealed. The competition of the apostles for high places in the kingdom, their flight after Jesus' arrest, Peter's denial, the failure of Christ to work miracles in Galilee, the references of some auditors to his possible insanity, his early uncertainty as to his mission, his confessions of ignorance as to the future, his moments of bitterness, his despairing cry on the cross. No one reading these scenes can doubt the reality of the figure behind them, that a few simple men should in one generation have invented so powerful and appealing a personality, so lofty an ethic, and so inspiring a vision of human brotherhood would be a miracle 
far more incredible than any recorded in the Gospels. After two centuries of higher criticism, the outlines of the life, character, and teaching of Christ remain reasonably clear and constitute the most fascinating feature in the history of Western man. Wow. Yeah. And wow. he did not become a believer. I don't understand that. But here it is. When he looked at this as historical testimony, he said, it, it, it's a miracle that these guys wrote this this way. I find it interesting, too, that he he holds up the scripture over and against higher criticism and saw what that was intended to do was yeah. to discredit this whole thing. And oh, he's yeah. like, no. No, you haven't didn't. done that. Didn't you haven't do pulled it. that off. You haven't pulled that off. All right, we've gone over. Man, John has wow. been wonderful. I do want to say this just before we wrap up. If you're going to be in Tampa this weekend, and I know there's going to be a lot of our listeners who will be because of some special events going on, we'd love for you to come join us at the Livingston Congregation this Sunday. You can go to our website, christiansmeethere.org, for times and location. We'd love to see you. Let's go ahead and wrap up with a prayer. Our great God and Father, we thank you that you've given us this day and that you've brought us to this place. Uh, that Edwin and I have had the opportunity to have many conversations reading through and discussing the Gospel of John, and we hope that has all been for your glory and for the great encouragement and building up for all the different listeners on Text Talk. I pray, Father, that our faith in your Word has certainly been buttressed through the through the process, and to see that this is true testimony of one who saw and heard and felt and experienced had the blessing of knowing firsthand Jesus Christ. Father, we have not seen, and yet we believe. And we trust, Father, this testimony. We trust your blessing upon those who believe. And we pray, Father, that you might bring this word to many, many others, as Christ is about his work of bringing many sons to God through the gospel of Jesus Christ. We trust your word, Father, and we build our faith upon it, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song, you can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.